Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. I'm going to dive into the coronavirus here in a minute because I think there's a lot of good positivity. But first, negativity that came last night in the world of sports and allegation that someone hung a noose in Bubba Wallace's garage at Talladega. There was a rainout in Talladega, and it's going to be much discussed surrounding uh, the uh, the race and certainly NASCAR because Bubba Wallace uh, was involved in the flashpoint of the Confederate flag being banned in NASCAR. We've got Jason Whitlock on the program, and I'm going to discuss that with him in detail. So we will get to that. We will discuss it, and we will have a contemplation on that story as it is developing But first, the biggest story, I would say, that has been afflicting the world of sports in general has been the coronavirus, whether it's the NBA, Major League Baseball, college football, the NFL. There are a ton of different angles to hit coming out of the weekend, and I want to dive into that before we talk with Whitlock as our first guest coming up shortly. So let's talk coronavirus in the meantime. I know there's a lot of nattering nabobs of negativity, as they were once characterized in the 1970s, out there in the media who want to scare you to death every single day. And I know it infiltrates in many ways into the world of sports where over the weekend you saw a lot of people spreading what I call fear porn. 
It is, oh my God, LSU, look at what happened. Look at how many players got tested positive. Look at Clemson. Look at the uh, look at the teams down in Major League Baseball. Oh, the NBA is scared now about the idea of being in the state of Florida. All of these stories just constantly hitting you and assaulting you can at times be overwhelming. And what I have been trying to do, and by the way, you guys are responding insanely positively to it, is share actual facts with you and let you use them in an intelligent way. And so as we walk through here, I tweeted this out on Sunday night. I tweeted, on Sunday, just 297 people in the entire country died of the coronavirus. That's the lowest number of deaths nationwide since March 24th. So that's almost right after when Rudy Gobert walked off the basketball court and the NBA shut down and the NCAA tournament shut down and the, uh, and, 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 and the NHL and every sport basically shut down from a team sport perspective. We're almost back to there now. If you look at the chart of deaths, we are way down on the back end of that chart. Again, just 297 deaths today, the lowest number of deaths since March the 24th. We had a peak number of deaths that were set in late April in this country. Since that time, deaths from the coronavirus in this country are now down 90% since that peak was set in late April. Okay, those are facts, which should be the number one story in all of America. It should be the number one story for everybody out there who's worried about sports coming back. It should be the number one story about the NFL and college football and the NBA and Major League Baseball and the NHL and everything else out there. It should be a huge story that just 297 people died nationwide today. That's the lowest number of deaths since March 24th. And also the fact that deaths are now down 90% since the peak was set in late April. Yet I want you to keep track of this. You are hearing me talk about it on Monday morning to start your day. I want you to keep track of this. How many other people in media will share those facts with you as opposed to the number of people out there who will share how many people from Clemson have tested positive or how many people from LSU have tested positive or any of those stories. And again, I want to dive into those numbers as well because I think it's important that context be put into perspective on the coronavirus here. And I still see so many people in media choosing to embrace fear over embracing facts all right here are some facts for you for college kids just focusing on college kids right now college kids are more likely to die of the flu or pneumonia than they are to die of the coronavirus it's going to stun a lot of you out there if you are under 24 years old in this country you are more likely to die from the flu or pneumonia than you are from the coronavirus. It's a big, massive stat as it pertains to the return of college athletics. Again, we don't ever shut anything down for the flu or pneumonia 
If you are under 24 years old, you are more likely to die from the flu or pneumonia than you are from the coronavirus. Most college kids who are playing football or basketball or any other sport are more likely to die driving to campus than they are from the coronavirus on campus. I talked to a lot of people this weekend. I said, what's the story behind this Clemson and LSU uptick in the overall number of infections? And what I heard was, it's college kids being college kids. They got back on campus. There are girls they know that live in these college towns, and they went out to the bars, and they went to the parties, and they were wherever the girls were. It's a story as old as time. If you went to college, heck, if you went to high school, heck, if you are a heterosexual man who is listening to me right now, you probably remember being 18 and 19 and 20 years old, and what did you spend the vast majority of your free time doing? Chasing girls. And that's particularly the case if you have been off campus for months and you haven't been around any girls at all, and suddenly you're back on a college campus, mom and dad, you're not in their house, you don't have to play by their rules, you got your own apartment, you got your own dorm room, and you are going to go out and have a good time. That's where these infections are coming from. They're asymptomatic. A lot of times people want to talk about what's going on in Florida. The governor of Florida came out and he said the average age of people now that are testing positive is super young. They have gone from the average age being 65 to the average age being 37. Florida is going to get a lot of attention because it's where the NBA is planning uh, to be. It's because it's where the MLS is planning to be. And Ron DeSantis, who came on this program recently, the governor of Florida, he tweeted out some data points here that I think are pretty interesting. He said, this week Florida has seen a large number of new cases from those 18 to 35. Here's the average age of people testing positive for the coronavirus in all these different places in Florida. Broward County, 32. Duval, you Jacksonville people, 29 years old. Hillsboro, which I believe is Tampa, 30 years old. Orange County, which is where Orlando is, 29-year-olds. Pinellas County, 29-year-olds. Seminole County, 27-year-olds. All right? These are super young people. That's the median age of new cases uh, for June 19th in the Florida counties that Ron DeSantis shared with us. Okay? Why is that? It's because young people are going out and living, uh, and and they've been cooped up, and they want to go to bars, and they want to go to restaurants, and they want to chase after other young people, right? Stats here for you about Florida. There are now twice as many beds available right now in Florida than before this pandemic began. There are way fewer COVID-19 patients in ICU and on ventilators in Florida right now than in April. And this is important, every time somebody goes to the hospital now in Florida, they test you to see whether or not you have the coronavirus, which is another reason as you have started back up elective surgeries, 
the overall numbers have surged. Again, this is actual data from the state of Florida that they put out yesterday. Okay? So now anybody can be tested at any age and regardless of their symptoms. And I told you guys this last week. I went and got tested because I was like, man, I want to know what it's like to get tested for the coronavirus. And so I did it here in Nashville. They have drive-up coronavirus testing. I went in the car, pulled right up, got the swab in the nose that felt super weird because I was like, you know what? I want to know what this experience is like because I think a lot of athletes and coaches are going to be going through it on a regular basis. And I feel like I should be talking about it from a position of having experienced it. I didn't want to do it earlier because I didn't want to take away any of the medical resources from people who needed it. But in lots of states, I can't speak specifically to your state, but certainly in the state of Florida where I've spent a lot of time and where, by the way, I'm going to be next week for July 4th week and in the state of Tennessee where I live, you can just go right up. You don't have to have any symptoms at all. You can get tested. It took me 15 minutes. Pulled right up, didn't even have to get out of the car. The efficiency and, uh, and smoothness of that test blew my mind. Uh, now, I did it. Also, I didn't want to say this beforehand because I don't want to put them, you know, you know, sometimes uh, you don't necessarily want to talk about your family. I know that's ironic coming from me, but my wife and one of my sons got tested in the car too, and they call you. And they called my wife and my son on Friday. They said, you're perfectly fine. Don't have the coronavirus at all. They haven't called me yet, uh, but they just call the phone number and tell you the results. So I'll let you guys know when I get officially my results. But there were three of us in the car, my wife and one of my sons. We were like, let's go try it out. Let's see what it's like to be tested. And two of them have already gotten their results back. They were negative. My results haven't come back at all yet, but I obviously feel 100% great. I don't feel like I have any issues at all, but that's what's happening now with a lot of these young people. They're asymptomatic and they're getting tested to go back to work or they find out that one of their friends got it, and so they decide to go in and get tested, and they find out that they've got it as well. So why does that matter? Well, you're hearing a lot about the total number of cases. What you're not hearing a lot about is how many of these cases are actually severe. And what typically has happened is half of the people that have died of the coronavirus have been in nursing homes. Well, only 0.6% of the American population is in nursing homes. So... If we can keep this thing out of nursing homes, then the chances of death occurring for young and healthy people is downright minuscule. As I just said, flu and pneumonia is more likely to kill you, and we never shut down any sports for flu and pneumonia, and we're talking about super healthy people, right? Athletes are young and the healthiest people on the entire planet. It's not to say that one or two of them could not have serious issues, but what you're not hearing about the LSU and the Clemson situation is you're not hearing anybody talk about those players having to be hospitalized. And honestly, this is where we've talked about some of this on the show. This is where I kind of wonder if there's a diabolical coach out there who's like, man, I would rather my entire team get exposed to the coronavirus now in the preseason so that we'll never have a guy miss the game for the coronavirus once the actual season starts. And arguably, these guys testing positive, asymptomatic, before training camp even starts, is good regardless because it starts to give herd immunity to the locker room. 
because you want to be able, the more people who have been exposed to it, the less rapidly it spreads through the locker room because a lot of guys have had it already. Now, to be fair, immediately anytime you share data like this, people say, well, what about older coaches? Or what about older people who might be on campus? This is where you have to be smart. This is why I think the data matters. You have to give the real data to people out there. And you have to say, hey, based on your age and based on your health conditions, would it be smarter for you not to coach this year? Would it be smarter for you not to be a professor this year on campus? Would it be smarter for you to do this remotely? Would it be smarter for you to continue to quarantine yourself, by and large, and keep yourself from interacting with younger people? If you are a younger person and you are listening to me right now and you say, Clay, I have been cooped up for so many months. I just want to get out and have a life. I understand that. What I would encourage you to do is, if that is your choice, stay away from your grandparents. Stay away from your older aunt or uncle. Stay away from your mom and dad if they are older. Talk to them on the phone. Social distance from older people. In the event that you are asymptomatic, don't know you're sick, and then you don't want to take it and give it to somebody else. So if you are of the opinion, you know what, Clay, and I know some of you who are listening to me feel like this, you're like, I'm ready to go back to campus. Man, Clay, I'm 20 years old. I am over this coronavirus thing. I want to be back out hanging out with my friends. I've been sitting in my house with my parents forever. You don't know how tough it is. I feel like I'm totally socially isolated. I've got a girl I've been talking to. She wants to meet up. I think we can hook up. That's what's going on. That's why young people are off the charts testing positive right now. Now. If you believe in herd immunity as I do, that's not all a bad thing. Because what it means is we don't we can't stop a virus from spreading. Right? If you remember when they told us to go into our houses back in March, it wasn't with the idea that we were going to be there forever. It was with the idea that we were going to flatten the curve. Well, we have. We haven't seen any hospital in America overloaded and having to turn patients away hasn't happened most of america hospitals we actually nearly bankrupted them because we stopped elective surgery and there weren't enough patients to keep doctors and nurses employed but that's a whole nother story but flattening the curve worked so you can't stop the virus from spreading forever arguably what we would like to do is have the virus spread among young healthy people who are not going to need to be hospitalized until we can start to get some sort of herd immunity out there. But again, what I would say is I would implore you, if you are young and you spent this weekend out chasing girls, or you spent this weekend out chasing boys, or whatever you did to spend your weekend, if you were out in bars, if you were out in restaurants, if you were at house parties, if you were in a big group of people, stay away from your grandparents. You may feel perfect and take the virus to them, But overall, the media should not be trying to terrify all of you to death. And the NBA and the MLS and Major League Baseball and the NHL and college football and the NFL, they need to look at the data and recognize that by and large, their athletes are under greater danger from the flu and pneumonia every single year. And we don't shut down anything. 
And so overall, I'm very frustrated at the inability to share basic facts and let you guys make smart decisions about your lives. And so this is, this is disappointing uh, to me when I see this data and I see it not being shared in an intelligent fashion. Again, I would just ask you this as we roll through the program here. Uh, how many people in media are going to tell you that our national death rate on Monday morning as you start off your day is down 90% from the coronavirus? Or that we had just 297 deaths from the coronavirus nationwide today. So people say, well, put the 297 in perspective, Clay. Okay, every single day in America, on average, 7,500 people die of a variety of different causes. So right now in America, on Sunday, it stinks. I wish nobody died. I know a lot of people constantly have had issues with people with a variety of their family being ill all throughout this year. But 7,200 people on average died of something other than the coronavirus on Sunday. Putting that into percentage terms, 96% of all deaths in America on Sunday, based on these numbers, were from something other than the coronavirus. You would think coronavirus deaths being down by 90% since April would be a huge story. You would think that it would be everywhere. The number one story in America. Instead, this morning, I bet from just about every media source, the number one story is going to be talking about Florida. It's going to be talking about Arizona. It's going to be talking about Texas. That's where the story is going to be. And I'm not saying that I that I'm that this is totally a non-story. Certainly, I wish there were no coronavirus deaths or cases out there at all. But what we are seeing is opening back up states, letting people go back to work. It's impossible to stop the virus. It's going to continue to spread. What we need to do is make sure that it doesn't spread among the population that's the most vulnerable. So I wouldn't be nervous if I'm in charge of the NBA. I wouldn't be nervous if I'm in charge of the MLS or Major League Baseball or college football or the NFL. Because the data doesn't reflect that I should be nervous. But I would be nervous if I looked at the way the media is covering this by and large and the degree of fear porn that they are trying to embrace. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts 
people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds, or I know it'll take you over a minute to down that two liter. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. It's super simple. First, download the DraftKings Pick 6 app. Then pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat, like rebounds, points, assists, and more. Play Pick 6 from DraftKings, the new fantasy app that packs more fun into less time. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code 2PROS. New customers play 5 bucks and get 50 in Pick 6 credits. That's code 2PROS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 first pick set to receive $50 in Pick 6 credits, which are non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only, expire after six months. Restrictions apply. Limited time offer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18-PLUS in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Redestein tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their redestine test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we bring in now Jason Whitlock, my partner at Outkick. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Whitlock Jason. And so, as a preliminary, before I even get to the question, 
whoever did this uh, with NASCAR is able to find out who did it. And you would think with a lot of cameras and limited access, particularly in the coronavirus era to garages, if someone is uh, is is not on camera, that would be a huge surprise. I would think this would be something where the person could be caught and whoever the perpetrator is would presumably be banned for life from NASCAR, among other things. There are a lot of details we still don't know. This is very fluid in terms of the way it's being covered and all the details coming out. But a lot of people uh, are obviously discussing it. Jason Whitlock, when you heard about this, what were your thoughts? What would you have in terms of analysis at this point? Well, I I just heard about it this morning, and so I want to be careful here what I say, but I've been a... Uh, somewhat passionate supporter of Bubba Wallace and his efforts to get sponsorship uh, within NASCAR to really be able to go for it on the NASCAR Cup Series. And I'll say this, I I, I tend to agree with you. I I think they'll be able to find out exactly who did this and remove them from any involvement with NASCAR because something like this, to me, probably had to been the work of someone within NASCAR. I just can't imagine an outsider being able to get access uh, to his garage. And so I, I hope we find out who the perpetrator is, and I'm sure NASCAR will take tough action. But I, I just, I'm just hearing about this this morning. I want to take some more time to think about it before offering up a really, really super strong opinion. I totally get that, and there are a lot of people, obviously, who immediately have hot takes on a variety of different subjects. This is a serious one, and to me, the storyline is if NASCAR can figure out who did this, and certainly you would think that if it is done, it's probably done by someone inside of NASCAR. If they figure out who did this, it's a lifetime ban situation, and I mean, it's just an awful situation for NASCAR, which is trying to expand its audience right now. Yeah, I think Bubba Wallace and, you know, NASCAR's recent decision uh, to ban the Confederate flag, it, it, it does, tensions are running high, and for someone to try to intimidate uh, Bubba Wallace at this time, given the racial tensions throughout the country, and then given the actions NASCAR just made banning the Confederate flag, I can't say something like this was bound to happen, but I'm not shocked. And honestly, those tensions are a big part of why we decided to start OutKick, because we thought and believe, I think, Jason, both you and I, that sports should be a unifying factor, not a uh, a point of disunity. And so uh, we had the first week of OutKick. I thought it went really, really well. But this is one of the things that we think it's important to address, right, is that you obviously are a black guy, I'm a white guy, and there are a lot of different people of different backgrounds listening to us right now, but what we're united in is a common love of sports. Yeah, I think that was a big part of the draw for me to, one, be a part of a really, really honest conversation because I think the lack of honesty is actually driving us apart. 
and, you know, people aren't having real conversations and people are getting very frustrated by it, and I think it increases the racial divide. And so, you know, I tried to start out this first week at OutKick trying to produce as much content as I could on these topics that right now are hot-button issues and providing a lot of tension and negativity in the sports world. And so, you know, wrote seven days in the first week. I actually thought, Clay, I was going to write even more often, but the, the columns I ended up writing were so much longer and more involved and on such sensitive topics that I ended up just writing one column a day. But, you know, I, I'm I'm proud of what we accomplished the first week. I think we sent out a message to sports fans that this is going to be a place uh, for a more honest conversation and analysis of what's going on in the sports world, even on these very difficult topics related to race. And, you know, I, I hope we're going to be a leader in that discussion because, you know, I, I think we're open to all responsible conversation. And I think that we're open and, and we're just going to be more honest, forthright uh, than the rest of our media competitors can be. Jason, you have written eight columns now, and I'd encourage people to go check out the column that you wrote this morning, which is already up at OutKick and is pretty outstanding. But one of the ones over the weekend, I can't even remember if it was Saturday or Sunday, was about a pretty powerful idea. The idea that uh, LeBron James should bring his shoe being made back to the United States, and you built it upon talking about your mom and your dad both working in unions and how incredibly impactful LeBron bringing his shoe back to the United States could be. And again, I would encourage people to go to outkick.com to read about this. This is a uh, discussion that doesn't occur that often. It's super smart idea. What to you makes it such a good idea for LeBron and, uh, and what he represents? Well, I just think for LeBron, for Colin Kaepernick, these guys that say, and again, I'm, I'm not going to question their legitimacy of their passion, but they say they're for helping the disenfranchised, want to help the black community. I don't think there's anything they could do more powerful, particularly LeBron James, who has a billion-dollar contract with Nike. I don't think there's anything he could do more powerful then put some pressure on Nike to bring some manufacturing jobs back from Asia where they rely on slave labor and put those manufacturing jobs in like a city like Akron or a city like Oakland and empower families and parents and adults to help them become self-sufficient because Again, I came from a family of union workers. My mom was a factory union worker for Western Electric, AT&T. My dad started out at Chrysler Motor Company, working on the assembly line, union worker. Then he quit, started his own business, uh, first a barbershop and then uh, a neighborhood taverns that catered to factory workers, union factory workers. And that was how my parents achieved the American dream of lifting up their two sons, me and my brother, 
and pushing us farther along in life. My dad didn't graduate high school. Me and my brother both graduated from college. We both have put together professional careers. We've both taken the next step forward for our family, and we did it off the backs of factory workers. And I just think there needs to be a place for unskilled labor in America to be able to achieve the American dream. So many of our manufacturing jobs have been moved overseas, and they need to be moved back because not everyone wants to go to college. A lot of people are like LeBron James. They really don't want to go to college. There needs to be a place and a career, a job, for those people to live out their American dream, to be self-sufficient. So I just don't think there's anything more powerful that LeBron can do or any of these athletes, instead of gestures, promote jobs and promote the companies that you work for, your primary employers, to bring those jobs back to America so they can help other people improve their lives and improve the lives of their kids. That's where I think LeBron and these athletes should go. Get away from gestures and get into the promotion of jobs. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hanging out with Jason Whitlock, my partner in crime at OutKick. And we've been doing this now for a full week. We announced it last week on the program. He wrote seven columns. I'd encourage you to go read his columns. Just basically bookmark OutKick in general. If you're sitting around at work, you're sitting around on your phone, you're standing in line somewhere, you got time to kill, uh, just check out the stuff that we're putting up on a regular basis. we got a lot of smart, talented people putting out a lot of content on a daily basis at OutKick.com. Um, and I, I don't want to speak exactly for you, Jason, but I know uh, that we have talked a lot about how we want to use OutKick as an opportunity to lift up younger voices than us, right? Uh, you're 50. I'm in my 40s now. Uh, there is uh, a lot of younger people out there that maybe want to be the next generation, the people like us who are in, you know, they're 21 or 22 now. They're younger, they're a little bit older, whatever the case may be, and they're trying to find their way in this world. And we want to have a lot of different younger voices that we start to develop as a part of OutKick. And uh, I know that's important to me. I think it's also very important to you. And as a part of that, we don't want people who just have the exact same thoughts as us. I mean, granted, if you're listening out there, you can have a different opinion than me or Jason Whitlock. You're probably wrong because we probably have thought through it better than you have. We can probably make a better <laughs> argument. I say that to everybody in the country except my wife, who I immediately acknowledge is always right and I'm always wrong. But even on Father's Day weekend, and by the way, belated happy Father's Day to a lot of dads out there. Um, but one of the things that happened over the weekend, I wake up on Saturday and you were pointing out going after uh, a, a writer on uh, the, uh, a website called Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio, who is uh, who is newly woke, right? Uh, he's everything is super woke to him. And he was criticizing Donald Trump because Donald Trump had not tweeted. I can't believe this is the real world, had not tweeted about Juneteenth. And somebody pointed out to Mike Florio, hey, wait a minute, you've been on this website on Twitter for you know, 15 years or whatever the heck it is, and you'd never mentioned Juneteenth until this year either, and then you took it from there, and what happened? 
Well, I just pointed out that I saw the guy's tweet, and, and I just pointed out, look, Mike Florio, in 15 years of owning NFL talk and then converted it into pro football talk, selling it to NBC in 2009, Mike Florio is now on Sunday Night Football's pregame show. He's made millions of dollars through talking about the NFL on different websites, on television, and and now in the digital space. And he's never hired a black writer, ever, in 15 years. And I just get tired of hearing all of this support of every woke gesture and him calling out different people for not doing a gesture that he believes in or not showing support in whatever little symbolic way that uh, he thinks support should be shown for black people. And I just think it's phony. And I, I think I've asked Mike for at least three years publicly uh, over social media. I was like, hey, Mike, when are you going to hire someone black? Legitimize these criticisms of everyone else that you're leveling out there. Legitimize your support of Colin Kaepernick by hiring someone black at Pro Football Talk. You've made millions of dollars. You have an incredible amount of power and influence. Hire someone black. Make me believe you're serious about this and that this woke stuff isn't a beard covering up what you really think. And so, you know, I challenge you in that way. This is not the first time I've done it. I've done it a se- several times. And, you know, he offered up some weak response, and it just made me fire back on him any- even more. And then all of a sudden, you came in, <laughs> a third man into the ring off the top rope, <laughs> and just started clubbing him. And, uh, you know, he started going back and forth with you. And... It just infuriates me because I think Mike's – I followed the NFL talk and pro football talk and Mike Florio for a long time. And, and, and Mike, in one of his tweets, said when I called him out about not hiring a black writer, the guy said something about, uh, well, you may not remember – but I asked you about writing for pro football talk years ago, and you said I couldn't afford you. And and I was just blown away by that response because I'm not the only black sports writer in America. Uh, I think, you know, I'm going to sound arrogant here, but the fact that you couldn't land possibly the best sports writer in America is proof that I shouldn't pursue anybody else is a joke. I I mean, again, when I started uh, the undefeated we hired some young people that we had to develop. When I went to uh, Speak for Yourself and doing that television show, we hired some young people that had to be developed and nurtured. You don't have to start at the top. If you have a real commitment to empowering people and trying to help them improve their lot and helping them pull themselves up by their bootstraps, you may have to reach down and help someone develop and give them an entry level of job rather than, oh, you know, Jason Whitlock, who works for ESPN and the Kansas City Star and has been recognized all over the country as one of the best sports writers in America, if I can't get him, my search for uh, black talent stops there. That's a joke.
He's also not been able to explain it, right? You you point out that he wants to be super woke and he wants to come after other people for not being woke enough and everything else. And he's never hired anybody uh, to write for him who's black. He responded to me, this is a direct quote, you're a smart guy, or at least you believe you are. Take a step back. Look at how many people we employ. Look at how little turnover we've had. One of my four full-time writers is female. Have you ever hired a female? Does this mean you're a misogynist? See how easy that is. And I don't know. I mean, he's not a very smart guy. I think that's one of the things that he thinks he's smarter than he is. But he just walked right into a haymaker because he could have done a little bit of research. I had a female editor for four years on OutKick. She literally ran the site. So I responded, yeah, the editor of OutKick for four years was a woman. So yes, we've hired a woman. She ran the site. But back to you. He was bragging about how many people read his site and everything else. I said, hey, with all those page views and the huge success you've been bragging about, you still couldn't afford to employ a single black person in 15 years? Interesting. And then, then to be fair, all the OutKick community was just, I mean, he was trending, right, on Saturday if you missed all this. And if you want to see a recap of it, you can go read it at OutKick. But he was trending, and he still hasn't responded to any of this because people started going back into his archives at Pro Football Talk, and he called, I mean, he insulted Mike Tirico pretty aggressively. I don't even think I can say what he said about Mike Tirico on the radio these days. Uh, He also said that Michael Strahan was gay. Uh, He's got all sorts of wildly not woke comments that he's made about gay people that are just like way over the top. And he still hasn't responded to any of that. But this goes to the thesis that you and I have in general here. And by the way, appreciate all the people who researched that. It's not like I'm going back through. And by the way, I'm not a believer in cancel culture. But it is often the case that the people who are the most woke now publicly are terrified of their past being uncovered and often trying to hide something, right? Like they're trying to be something that they haven't been before because they're afraid the Twitter mob is going to come after them. And look, you can agree or disagree with me. You can agree or disagree with you. I've known you for a long time now. You've known me for a long time. We could put my wife on the radio. She'd say, I say the same thing off the air that I say on the air. You might not like me, but I, I am pretty much the exact same person sitting on uh, sitting at the bar having a beer watching a game. You are too within FCC restrictions, right? We can't curse, things like that. Uh, but, but this is what happens, right? A lot of these guys are hiding something, and I don't even think they believe a lot of what they're saying. And then they're like, oh, there's no way somebody else could believe what they're saying now. Now, I've been pretty consistent for 15 years as a public figure. I've had the same kind of beliefs. This guy's just a fraud. He's a fraud, and and I just want to be clear. Mike Mike Florio can run pro football talk however he sees fit to make it successful. He has no uh, burden to hire someone to please me or to please some racial quota or whatever. My point is, just don't be out here hammering other people and pretending like they're racist and bigoted because they won't support kneeling during the national anthem. Let's quit trashing NFL ownership because there's only three black NFL head coaches. Because, again, 
and maybe they deserve some criticism for it. But if you're Mike Florio, who's owned a business for 15 years and hasn't been able to accidentally hire a black person, I just don't think you're a credible critic of the NFL ownership because they only have three black employee, uh, black head coaches at the time. I, I just think the hypocrisy level is just way too off the charts, and it just drives me crazy. We need to be having a more responsible, fair conversation about all these issues that I think will lead us to a better place than to have someone like Mike, Roy, uh, Mike Florio using these issues to try to make himself look good rather than try to improve and make things better actually for disenfranchised people. It all that's well said. It also factors in to me at just its most basic level of hypocrisy, right? You want to publicly say that you're doing one thing while privately you're doing the opposite. And I think we were talking in the first hour about the idea of LeBron James. And to me, the purpose of media that covers sports or really media that covers anyone should be to speak truth to power, right? And by what, what I mean by that is your job as a media member should not be to be clubby with every single person that you cover. It doesn't mean you can't be friends with people, you can't get to know them, things like that. But in sports, there is a lot of protection, it seems to me, of incredibly powerful people. And I thought what you were saying about LeBron is really well said. The guy's worth a half billion dollars. You don't need to protect him from anyone else, right? We, we don't try. I don't think there's very many people out there who are trying to protect Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos or other people who are worth Elon Musk for sure, right? Guys who have the resources to be able to hire and protect themselves like crazy because they're hundreds of millionaires or they're billionaires. The average sports fan out there isn't going to have access to LeBron to ask him to live the way he speaks. And the average person in the media doesn't have access. And so to me, this is just, it goes to the very essence. Believe whatever you want to believe, but don't be a hypocrite. I tend to find myself these days, Whitlock, going after hypocrites more than I do people who I disagree with. There's no question about it. That, again, particularly the dangerous kind of hypocrisy we're seeing now in terms of when you start smearing people as racist. That's like the ultimate level of character assassination. It's hard to recover from that. When you start uh, portraying on LeBron's stage, when you start portraying America as, uh, as just unrepentantly racist and unfair, when uh, particularly someone like LeBron who has traveled the globe and should recognize like, hey, man, America is flawed, but it is light years ahead of the rest of the globe when it comes to racial relationships. And particularly if you just like LeBron's number one market outside the U.S. is China. Yep. If you compare America to China in terms of how black people are treated, it's not even in the same ballpark. That does not mean you can't criticize America and for some of its misgivings and mistakes and flaws and the improvements that we need to make. But damn it, be consistent. 
Don't sit there and fall silent on China and Hong Kong and the abuses that, again, if you just open your eyes, some of that, when you're over in China collecting millions of dollars for selling your shoes, just open your eyes and see how the average black person who steps foot in China is treated in China. Have some of that when you come over here and start denigrating America and talking about how bad things are over here. I just need a little perspective and nuance from people that should know better. The hypocrisy drives me crazy. That is not a uh, defense of America like everything we do here and have done here is perfect. But let's just be fair, and let's be respectful of a country that has <laughs> we have a descendant of a slave who was a U.S. president. We have LeBron James, Michael Jordan, people at the top of American culture. I take myself. I started out in the ghetto. And just and my father didn't graduate high school. My mother was a factory worker straight out of high school. And just where I was... I've been able to ascend, where my brother has been able to ascend. Other countries just don't afford these kind of opportunities. We got some things we need to improve, but let's not kid ourselves. America is the greatest place on earth if you happen to be black. I, I'm just sorry I believe that, and and if people want to be upset with me about it, bring me the proof that I'm wrong. And, and I'll bow to your proof, but no one's brought me the proof yet. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when 
you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installed near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their michelin test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Whitlock, are you – I don't know if you pay as much attention to it as I do. I think the answer is no. I don't think very many people in sports media are paying as much attention to it. But on Monday, I just laid out the data. We are now 90% of the deaths that were occurring at the end of April are gone, right? We are down to 297 deaths from the coronavirus nationwide on Sunday, which is the lowest number we have had since all the way back, I think it was March 24th or 25th. Um, I don't have the data sitting in front of me like I just did a second ago. And yet you have everybody in the NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, college football. How do you think you would be dealing with the coronavirus if you had been a college kid? And I just talked about the fact that I talked to people at LSU and Clemson who said, hey, the guys came back without the coronavirus But then there are a lot of girls on campus and they want to go out to the bars or restaurants or go out to the club or wherever they're going to go, like a lot of 18, 19, 20, and 21-year-old guys are going to do, and chase girls, and a bunch of them are getting asymptomatic coronavirus cases. So pretend, I'm going to ask you if you were a coach and also to go back in time and pretend that you are a college football player. You've been cooped up in your apartment 
uh, back in uh, Indianapolis for months, and you suddenly get to go to Ball State, and there are girls everywhere all around again, what would your mindset be? Go get drunk at the chug and see if I can get lucky. I mean, that, that's <laughs> right. That's what every that's what that's what's happening, right? And so the yeah. guys are not getting it from working out with their teammates or from getting back in shape. They are, you know, they're working out however many hours they are a day. But then they're college age guys, and there are parties that are going on. There are bars that are open, and so they're going out at Clemson or LSU or anything else. So when I hear that, I'm like. Yeah, you know, if I were 18 or 19 and I had been uh, cooped at home in my parents' house and I hadn't been able to go out and suddenly I got to go back to college in Washington, D.C. and there are girls everywhere and it's summer and they're not wearing very much clothes and there are bars open, I'm going to be out. Like, I'm I'm sorry, I I would look at the data, realize that I'm not going to die of the coronavirus and I want to have some fun and I think that's what's going on, but it's obviously getting a lot of media attention, these positive tests, and also theoretically potentially a danger. For the NFL, I think you can dial this back a little bit, although they'll have their own issues. But those are pro athletes. They understand maybe a little bit more. But for college-age kids, this is tough to keep from happening, right? I think it's very tough. And listen, the other thing about college-age kids, it's not just the party. Again, it's been a long time since I was young. But I remember it well. And you just feel bulletproof. Oh, there no were doubt. so many things that you did and things that literally I'm t- I have a reoccurring nightmare about the most irresponsible thing I ever did in my life. It was when I was in college. I got liquored up with my friends, and we drove to another party. And I say we because I was behind the wheel, but it took a group effort for me to drive. Yeah. And I, I literally have nightmares about, oh, my, it's the dumbest thing. I could have killed myself, teammates, friends, some innocent bystander, whatever, changed my whole life, ruined other people's lives. But that's how bulletproof you felt as a young person. You did really foolish things. And so I think it's going to be very hard to get young people to quarantine themselves or feel like they're in some sort of jeopardy because of corona. Part two of that, though, is I'm not sure. I haven't made up my mind. I'm not as I don't spend as much time looking at this as you do. But I just think that perhaps we have exaggerated the threat of corona and that perhaps I don't want to compare it to a common cold, but I do think that someone getting corona, particularly a young person, isn't what we're making it out to be. It's not. They're not avoiding death by contracting corona or they're, what they're I just not said, jeopardizing yeah. their life. Data-wise, if you are under 24 years old, and I said this to open up the hour, and I also tweeted this out on Saturday night, you are more likely to die of pneumonia or the flu if you are under 24 than you are the coronavirus. The immune system is strong. And so I think a lot of the guys see this stuff. So step beyond what you might have done or what I might have done in college. Now let's pretend that you are a college coach. How do you handle this from a college coach perspective so that your guys take it serious enough that you are able to actually have a season? Because that's what they're risking right now, right? In theory, if enough of these guys get sick, people are going to panic and a lot of people are going to say, oh, we just got to shut down the whole thing. Now, I hope that that's not what ends up happening, but this media, 
this panic, this fear porn that is shared out there, uh, especially with social media. We were just talking about how emotional it can be. What would you tell your guys if you were a coach? You sit them down. I'm going to answer different. I'm going to answer different because I can't answer the question of what I would tell my guys. I know what I would do if I were a college coach, and, and I, I say this in all seriousness, and, and this is not the answer you're looking for, but if I were a college coach, I would not want to coach the season. I would want the season to be canceled because I think so many coaches are going to lose their jobs over how they handle corona. Any kid that gets corona, and if God forbid, again, because the way corona deaths are counted, if you have corona and then die in a car accident, they're going to blame it on corona. Well, he would have never lost control of the car if he didn't have corona, and so corona killed him. And then some coach is going to get blamed for the kid having corona. Or a kid said he was a little sick, the coach still wanted him to practice. Lord, oh my God, he had corona, and therefore a lawsuit. Or I just think it's so dangerous. And what just happened, or what is happening to Chip Kelly with his team, is going to happen across the board. I've heard from college coaches that are trying to figure out what the hell do we do? Things are changing. So there's fear of corona and there's fear of being smeared along racial lines. And I think coaches are scared to death right now. You can't – this whole thing has changed and the balance of power has changed in such a dramatic fashion that coaches are scared. And if I were a coach, me individually, I haven't told a coach this. I haven't – a coach hasn't told me this. But if I were a coach, I'd want to restart things in 2021 after some of this craziness has passed. It is interesting, uh, so from the perspective of the the, the power dynamic, if you're Mike Gundy and you wear an OAN shirt, right, or if you're Chip Kelly and the media is so quick because somebody hops on Twitter – one of your players says something, and then it's not a surprise, right? You were on a football team, but also mm-hmm. if you were in a fraternity or whatever else, you tend to have your guys back, right? Like even if you don't 100% agree with him, once he goes public, you're like, I always say like when you play pickup basketball, there's always a guy you play pickup basketball with that would start a fight, and you'd be like, I, you're, the, you're in the wrong here. But if you're on the team, you have to step up and defend your teammate, right? I feel like you see a lot of that on social media, and it does create immediate stories which aren't necessarily rooted always in the truth. But if you're a coach, it's like you just want to create – you don't want to create any disturbance anyway. But the last thing you want to do is find a reason why you are the target now, right? And it definitely has changed the power dynamic and put a lot of people on wobbly ground. Look at – I was talking to a coach this weekend about what happened at the University of Iowa. I don't know all the details on the strength coach Kirk Ferentz had for 20-some-odd years that just got fired uh, because his player said he was mean to him. And 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 I'm just like, the media is never going to tell this story properly because what just happened to that strength coach at the University of Iowa can happen on every college campus in America because – The head coach and the strength coach are tied at the hip. The strength coach is really the number one assistant for a head coach. He's the bad guy. The head coach is the good guy. The strength coach is the guy that's the bully that says all the things the head coach would love to say, and then the head coach gets to be the good guy and the friend of the players. 
That's the job. And that guy at Iowa just got fired for doing his job, to be the bad guy, to be the jerk. Every football team has a strength coach whose job is to be the jerk, say inappropriate things, push the kids past the limits that they think they can go to, be the jerk for the head coach. I'm telling you, what just happened to that Iowa guy has shaken college coaches to their core. They know it can happen to them. Finish it up with Jason Whitlock here. What should people look forward to from you this week at OutKick? We already said you got a column up uh, for Monday that people should go check out. You wrote seven straight days, make it eight straight days. Uh, what do you hope to be able to get into in a big way this week? Well, I think obviously as more information comes out, Clay, I'm going to get into the Bubba Wallace situation and, and the news incident at, at Talladega. But, you know, at some point, I want to transition into just getting back to talking. Hey, Dak Prescott uh, is going to sign his franchise tender. And, you know, I just want to write about just straight sports stuff. But right now, while this racial stuff is roiling our country and dividing our country, I I want to be a voice of reason out there. I want to be some water in the desert for people that want to hear more honest conversation and more fair conversation about these issues. So I plan on getting into that and a lot more this week on OutKick. Always good. Go read him. Follow him on Twitter at Whitlock. Jason, I'm excited to have him as a partner at OutKick, and we're going to have a lot of good stuff for you this week. I'll talk to you later, my man. Thank you, Clay. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound... Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. 
draft experts, and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.